0: Welcome to the Sandhills Podcast. My name is Pastor John. I am joined today by Waco Police Officer Carter Law. We're going to be talking about uh, how faith impacts his mission and his job. It's going to be a phenomenal podcast. Thank you for tuning in, Carter. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, man. it's so good to be here.
0: And and may I add, happy birthday! Hey,
1: you may. Yes, Actually, you may
0: happy birthday, <laughs> man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Got any big plans? Doing anything? I mean, besides being on um, this worldwide podcast?
1: Well, I've worked tonight, so your nice. call woke me up, and <laughs> uh, and here we are.
0: Perfect, perfect. Yep. So uh, you just graduated uh, from the Academy. Well, actually, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your background, about who you are, uh, how you got uh, into the police force. Um, And for those of you that don't know, which is probably everyone except for maybe our parents who are watching this, Carter and I are best friends, by the way. So we knew each other in high school, um, went to different colleges, but you're about to hear all about that. So Carter, tell us a little bit more about your background.
1: Yeah, man. So I grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, We went to um, church every Sunday. Um, As my dad said, you know, lawmen go to church. It's what lawmen do. So... Um, every Sunday we'd strap up, um, and head to church, um, Burke community church in, uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, which is where ultimately John and I would meet, Mm. um, in the summer of 2014, going into our senior year of high school. Um, but before that, um, I, um, you know, I, I went to church because, you know, it's what we did as a family. It was the, it's the quote unquote good thing to do. Um, and I remember the summer after my eighth grade year, um, pastor Matt Watson, um, peace be upon him. Great man. Was he, he, he took us all to, um, to church camp, whoever wanted to go. And I remember thinking like, yeah, you know, I should go like my relationship with God should, should use some work. You know, it it could really, could really use some work and, and some investment. And so I went, Um, And that's actually um, where I began a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm. accepting him as my savior and thus starting the trajectory of um, sanctification for me Mm. um, was that summer of of 2011. Um, And then, you know, as as anyone who accepts Jesus and thinks that, you know, life's going to be gravy and they're never going to swear again and, you know, all these things are going to stop, yeah. Um, I was shocked when now I had a roller coaster of a relationship with Jesus where I would have seasons of um, deep satisfaction with him and, and reading my Bible every day. And then I would have seasons where my life looked no different from any other high schooler mm. um, at my high school. So, uh, you know, that continued. And I think. I think there are some studs out there that be, that start following Jesus in high school or before. Um, and just, you know, start leading mission trips and Bible studies and all this stuff. But for me, I think it's, I'm not shocked whenever I hear of people getting to college and then they can finally own their faith because they can finally take responsibility for their life in a way that they haven't been able to before living at home. Hmm. And so I was able to take responsibility for my faith, um, going into college and, and really being challenged in an interview, um, you know, the guy asked me, he's asked me all these questions and um, asks me, you know, what's your, what's your opinion on underage drinking? And I'm like, I don't really see a problem with it as long as it's in moderation and it doesn't taint your witness. Um, and he pushed back and he was like, Hey man, that's not what the Bible says. Um, the Bible says to be subject to your government. And, you know, I'm not trying to get on a sermon here about underage drinking, right. but he, what he did was he called out the, the conflict within me. He's like, right. dude, I know, you know, this is wrong and you're making excuses. So sit down with the Lord and, and deal with this. Mm. Um, and, and what came out of that was that, um, you know, I was concerned with, with uh, how much can I get away with and still call myself a mm. good Christian? How close to this cliff can I get without Classic. falling off
0: mm-hmm.
1: when, following Jesus is how far, how fast can I get away from that
0: cliff? Amen. And enjoy the uh, green so, pastures.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like this better over here. You ain't got to play around on a cliff side. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a, a background I think for you You can edit
0: out too, if it's too long,
1: <laughs> I really, I gave the unabridged version.
0: And how did you get, uh, so you ended up going to Texas A&M Giga Maggie's. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. what did you major in there?
1: I got my bachelor's and master's in economics.
0: Nice. So then what led to the police force and when did that journey start?
1: Um, that journey started, well, I, I, I was always interested in law enforcement.
0: I mean, with a last name like law, it's kind of like, you kind of have to be. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have I, to I, at least I, consider I, it.
1: <laughs> I always wanted to be a doctor and my dad was like, no, you're going to be a cop. Your last name's law, not <laughs> stethoscope or whatever. Um, and so I always, can you, so I actually went to the doctor the other day and to get a COVID test. Just I was trying to be a good citizen. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. My throat kind of hurt and I was like, I don't have COVID, but. I haven't gotten the test yet. I kind of want to see what it's all about. And she walks in and she's like, hi, I'm Dr. Pepper. Which is funny anywhere, but in Waco (laughs) especially. (laughs) It's perfect. She's like, hi, I'm Dr. Pepper. I said, nice. Hi, I'm Officer Law. (laughs) I'll say she did not. I don't think she... I, maybe it was a busy day. She didn't think it was that funny. She just kind of like, she just kind of looked at me and was like, okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, but, but yeah, so I I was always, I I grew up with an interest in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad was in the Navy, so there's kind of a reverence for authority and the uniform, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always knowing that, you know, the background that I was coming from knowing that I was going to be going to college Um, I was like, oh, if I go law enforcement, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do something cool, like federal, like one of the three letters FBI DEA, like kind of, kind of feeling like too good for, for local, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, I was, I've I've probably told you the story of the, we were driving by, so I lived by elementary school growing up and we're driving by and they were having this fun fair one Friday night and there's this big donut fed cop direct, like helping kids cross the street. I mean, this is a big boy (laughs) and he's like, he's helping these kids cross the street. And I mean, he looks like he wants to quit. Um, and so I was like, I'm never doing that. And, uh, then I go to college and, and I'm, I get tied up with IJM international justice mission Mm -hmm. and life kind of starts to be about like, well, maybe I want a job that's like not about how much money I make or how cool I am. And maybe about like actually doing something and making mm. an impact. Um, and I think that kind of set the stage a couple of years later for me to be watching an episode of cops and be like, that's what I want to do. Wow. Wow. So, so that's the long answer. The short answer is I was watching cops and I was like, that's what I want.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the quick answer is watching cops. I was like, all right, cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah. I mean, if you ever, you know, you have the speakers on the, the squad cars, you know, you know, squ- squad, the car, PA, you yeah. know, you just hook up yeah, bad yeah, boys yeah. to that during a traffic stop and you walk up to it yes. on beat. I mean, that'll kind of kill some tension, you know, who knows? <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I did that on one of my traffic stops, and I actually got dinged because I like started it too far into the song, and it rolled into like Fergalicious while I was at the car, and and so my training officer was like, "Dude, if you're gonna do that, you have to do it right," and so I, I got it. I got dinged for that day on that one.
0: That's too funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah, man okay so as we as we kind of talked about the the nature of the job then you know where you are in a situation where you get to interact with the community, how do you see your life as a Christian influencing your life as a police officer
1: yeah um and 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 before we go um before we go too much further, I just want to say i've I've been on the streets two weeks mm-hmm. i I, you know, a lot of a lot of officers will say you don't know anything until you've been on for two years. Mm-hmm. So so not only am I a rookie just in the training phase, um, I even compared to guys that are out on their own that have been doing it for a little while. I know actually nothing. And so, mm-hmm. um, yes, I'm able to bring a perspective to this, but I am I'm far from being able to speak for storied law enforcement officers who have done the job for a long time and seen a lot of stuff. And so I'll continue to answer questions and and give my perspective because that's the only one I can give it from. Um, But it it would feel irresponsible to run my mouth up here like I know
0: something Hmm.
1: when I've only been in the job for, you know, a microsecond compared to some of the guys that have been doing it for a while.
0: Absolutely. And I think Um, one of the cool perspectives, because I've learned this too, being in, you know, the Army Reserve capacity, you know, I've never been deployed. I don't know what it's like to be, you know, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, like my dad, um, like my dad does. But what we have a unique perspective of is what do we want to come into the job with? Yes, And I think that's a really cool perspective. And so hearing that, especially in light of 2020 with what has happened nationally with people's perspective of the police force, hearing uh, a Christian police officer's perspective of what it means to be a law enforcement officer and what it means to engage the community. I think having someone walk right into that in 2020 and sign up in this time is a a really important perspective to have. Um, So thank you, first of all, for, for wanting to do that with your community. And I'm excited to get to hear more about how Christ influences that. I mean, it's amazing. Like I think of everything going on. And I, I can't, I think to myself a lot, man, I'm happy my friend Carter is a police officer because that's the kind of guy I went out there impacting the community.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks. That's, that's super encouraging. And, you know, I I appreciate that a lot. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's the beginning. We got some rosy colored glasses going, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, kind of just getting out there. It's the time to, to decide, okay, am I going to, am I going to hang on to all of these, um, uh, hopes and dreams that I have, for lack of a better word, um, or am I going to take the easy route and start compromising? And, and mm. the easy route and start compromising is how we wind up um, with the, the the perception of law enforcement that we have right now.
0: Absolutely, in my so, opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And and when we stand up on our Christian ethics, and not just like oh the country is founded on Christian ethics. Not not that I'm talking about. When a Christian puts on the uniform, whether it be in the capacity of the military, whether it be in the capacity of law enforcement or a firefighter, EMS, when you put on a service uniform to take care of the public, having a a genuine Bible-believing, sin-hating Christian walk into that and say, I'm going to let Jesus inform my ability to do the job, I think that's where we start yeah. seeing change happen so t- so tell us about that how how does Christ inform your ability to do the job
1: yeah um man the the number one has to be value for people mm. um, and it's something that like good cops know how to talk to people and know how to treat people with respect mm. period that's that's something that I've learned um it's something that yeah, you've got crotchety old guys that, that have short tempers and, and lose their patience, um, but you don't, you don't enjoy the job. You don't get anywhere in your investigation. You don't um, make – man, I've heard so many stories of cops that, that make the upfront investment of treating someone well, you, whether they're arresting them or, or interviewing them or questioning them or whatever – and then months later they're in a fight and this person that they treated with respect while arresting them will come jump on the other guy with them mm. because just because of the, you know, these guys know they're playing the game. They, mm-hmm. you know, they know they're, you're, you're slinging dope. You're going to get caught. It's one day, some days you win, some days you lose. Um, and that's where really the, the procedural justice has been a, a big thing in the past couple of years of, Um, it's not necessarily how you, how they feel after, Hey, I'm officer law or, you know, you're under arrest or drive safe for me. It's how you're treated during the interaction. Do you feel like you're treated fair with Mm -hmm. dignity, with respect? So whether you're getting a warning for in Texas, you have to have a front license plate, for example, Mm -hmm. whether you're getting a warning for that, you don't have to do anything with the courts or anything with the system other than put your dang front license plate on. Um, whether that's happening or whether you're getting busted for, uh, you know, a couple pounds of Coke, am I treated with respect in this interaction? Mm. Um, and, uh, I think with the advent of, of body cams and, and more review boards and, and what, and whatnot, um, you know, there's guys that have been doing that forever. Uh, and then there's guys that have been taking advantage of the lack of accountability, um, that mm. are kind of, they're having their hand forced. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. so I was just going to say the the number one is, is if you are a, a Bible believing sin hating Christian, you believe that people are created in the image of God Mm. and whether or not they deserve to go to jail for 10 years, you're going to treat them with respect during your piece of the pie interaction Interaction with with them.
0: them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a, a crucial mindset to have is that sanctity for human life. And that idea that, that you're absolutely right. This is someone made in the image of God. And, and this is someone who deserves honor and respect uh, and love so far as you can give it while you're, you know, executing the law and being a representative of the government. Um, you know, and obviously it gets difficult if someone gets aggressive and you have to exercise force in some way to, to restrain them and to keep peace. Um, but when you walk into it, I mean, that, that I think we're going to see entire cities change if if we can get officers with that perspective of man this person's life matters to me because they are made in the image of God just like I am it's good stuff man i'm i'm happy that you are on the job and that you you bring this perspective what what are some of the lessons that you've learned for, about God from being on the job like like in what ways have you known more about his character or his attributes from being on the job or even going through the academy
1: um yeah um, it's interesting to me, you know, cause you can talk about, um, you know, we know, we know that our God is a God of justice, right? Mm. Um, I think it's so fun whenever you like, you stumble across a verse in the Bible that talks about, you know, especially now, um, doing just, I think I, I, I sent a picture. I'm going to jump out of here super quick um, because I sent a picture of it to my buddy the other day. Um, let's see. Um, I don't, I don't actually know what this is. I, I think it's probably Isaiah or maybe Jeremiah, um, administer justice every morning and deliver the person who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor that Mm -hmm. my wrath may not go forth like fire and burn with none to extinguish it because of the evil of their deeds. So, um, and obviously like one thing that humans are super good at is taking scripture out of context. (laughs) Um, that verse has was written with zero to do about policing in America.
0: That Um, is correct.
1: (laughs) But what it does show is that, you know, God is a God of justice. He likes justice. He bends towards justice. Um, And so I think that means we bend towards justice. Mm. Um, But it is, I think, did I write this? Yeah. Justice becomes such a funny word for people to use because we can't see the whole picture at once. Only God can. Mm. So, you know, we talk about the justice system and it's really like, you know, the best we can it I mean it's it is obviously the best we can get but like you don't know someone's story Mm. so how can you uh say with with surety this is just for this person Mm. um and that's uh this is going to be a highly political statement feel free to edit it out um that's, I think a hangup for me when people talk about justice for whoever justice for this person and that person, mm. because nobody was there. Mm. So, so maybe justice is this, maybe justice is that. Um And I understand the anger of it. Um, but it, it's just such a funny word, whether it's, um, it's just because we can't
0: mm.
1: know what, I don't know what's just for you. And you're my best friend of six years, mm-hmm. you know? Because I just don't know the, I don't know the workings of your heart. I don't know everything that's happening to you. I don't know everything you've done. I don't know what's just for you. Mm. And so that's been kind of a funny thing that I've seen is,, we are, man, we're out here doing our best. Mm. Um, and, I, and I also admit that, that um, I think justice in America has tried harder for certain individuals. I think historically justice has worked a lot harder for white people than it has for black people. I have no issue admitting that. Um, and I and, and I, I know that that's where a lot of the anger comes from.
0: Right, and things um, that need to change to to make equality for everyone under yeah, the law. Be-
1: yeah, because when we talk about, you know, I'm, I'll say humans can only, you know, put forth imperfect justice. Right. And with that, there's an effort attached to that. You know, we're going to spend so many hours. We're going to dedicate so much thought. We're going to, you know, whatever towards this justice and the effort and the energy spent uh, towards justice for minorities in America traditionally and still uh, has not been nearly uh, as much as it has for for white people. Right. Um, And so and that itself is not just exactly Um, if we're if we're talking about procedural justice, maybe we can only get 70 percent justice for every person but let's do 70% for every person rather than 70 for some and 20 for others.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's uh, an important perspective to bring into this, is that though the American justice system is absolutely in need of reform because the whole world is in need of reform, the whole world is in need of Jesus Christ and his perfect justice, right, which he, which mm-hmm. he, which he will bring, you know, which leads us to missions and leads us to evangelism because we want people to be on the mercy side of that justice. And I think that yeah. that's a really cool segue into my next question because as we talk about, uh, you know, when you're saying, you know, there's imperfect justice out there and, and we don't know the full story uh, that statistically. We weren't there, right, unless you're someone listening to this and you did happen to see it. But even then, you have a a skewed perspective because you you weren't the person, you're not God, you can't know all things at all times. But so far as we are able to execute justice and mercy uh, as believers in positions of authority and positions of law enforcement, uh, where does that balance come in for you where you think of, okay, And in what what aspects do I distribute mercy as well and show uh, that attribute of God?
1: Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, obviously we have like, so we have some degree of, um, what is it? Subjectivity, I guess. Mm -hmm. Some degree of um, we decide you know there are there are moments where we like, I could cut this guy a two hundred ticket, two hundred dollar ticket right now or not, mm-hmm. um, and I mean I I think that that again you're we have so we have policies right where it's like hey if you pull over someone who's been I think I think DWIs you know someone who's driving a vehicle intoxicated. And you take someone to jail, I think there are very few people who would be like, no, you should have let that guy keep going How That's so oppressive for you to take that guy to jail. Right. Because that guy
0: could kill someone is a
1: risk to everyone. Right. And so we we like that guy going to jail
0: mm. Um that
1: nobody would say, hey, that's, you know, unless obviously it was. He wasn't drunk, and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying like perfect scenario. Right, this guy right. was swerving all over the road. You know, you get all your clues when you're trying to figure out bottles in the passenger
0: and, seat. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. He goes and he blows a point, you know, one eight or whatever, and you're like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, a- a- everybody gets behind that one because it's per like it's if pure. he had keep kept going, potentially my life is affected, right and so um and i think at the end of the day that's what it's all about is um trying to weigh uh impinging on someone's personal liberties with the impact that they're having in decreasing everyone else's obviously if this drunk driver ploughs through a red light and hits a minivan uh with a family in it he has impinged on their personal liberties significantly Absolutely. um You know, and then and so then that's why whenever someone's doing something that really only affects them, you know, if you take him to jail or whatever, it's like, well, what, you know, he wasn't hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. And and I think that's a lot of times where it's like, all right, man, you know, someone's someone's stumbling down the road, drunk, whatever, not hurting anybody, um, which public intoxication in Texas is in a public place, intoxicated and a risk to themselves or others. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's not hurting anyone else, but he could stumble into the street and get run over by a car. Right. So you right. could take him for PI
0: mm-hmm.
1: or we could say, Hey man, who can we call for you? Yeah. Right.
0: Who, who, who
1: can come get you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think that's an instance where, um, you're like, look, this guy's not hurting anyone that we know he hasn't you know, broken into any of these cars while yeah, he's been I, stumbling by him or whatever.
0: He's just having a bad um, day. You know,
1: let's, yeah, let's, let's get this guy taken care of so that mm. he doesn't get himself killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and, and not, not take him for PI, not write him a ticket for PI, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, and there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, you've got the, the age old, like single mother on her way to work, you know, driving a little fast or whatever, but she's, you know, single mother, four kids and her, her registration is out by a month. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, she's working hard, she's doing the right thing. What's the point of, of writing her a $200 ticket, you know?
0: Right. Right. And so what's the
1: point? Hey man, get it, get, you know, let's get that, let's get that taken care of. I'm giving you a warning today,
0: you know? And I think that's such a cool opportunity to show the mercy that God has as well. Because as, as you were saying, you know, with the sanctity of human life and how we approach things and treat all people with respect and, and give justice uh, equally to all people who are deserving of it, because, we, again, we're made in the image of God, so that um, entitles us to, you know, fair treatment and quality and that we have the sanctity of human life. But also it gives us an interesting ability to understand both justice and mercy in a limited capacity. You know, we're not God, but we are made in his image and we get attributes of himself, creativity, a desire for justice, a desire for equality, mm-hmm. uh, for, for love and for these incredible things that he's given us uh, that reflect himself. Your ability to reflect his mercy is so cool in that instance, because in the same way that you can see someone having a, a bad day, right, and, and that chalks mm-hmm. it up. You know, when you're looking at it, and you're like, this guy's having a bad day. I'm going, I'm going to let you off of the warning. I'm going to give you mercy. God does that so much with us as well, where He looks at us, and in and, and the Hebrew, it describes Him as being very long nosed, which in Hebrew just means you're very patient. Um, mm. And, and, and that is an attribute in Hebrew poetry that's really interesting how they use the face. But it says, God is, is very long nosed, he, he has a lot of patience. In mercy for people to give them the opportunity to do the right thing, and so you're in such a cool position to to say, hey, you know, this is the law, but I'm going to give you another opportunity to do the right thing. I'm going to give you an opportunity to lo- learn and grow from this. And just as God gives us opportunities to learn and grow in our own life, and He gives us so much time uh, to repent, and, and Scripture talks about that, where like God is is loving and merciful and patient, and He wants to give you time. He wants you to repent today and he, and I mean, he hasn't come back for, for 2000 years, you know, and some change so far because he's long in patience and he wants as many people to repent as possible. And it's cool that I think you get to execute a cool attribute of him in that way. It's a really neat perspective that not a lot of people get, you know, in their jobs.
1: Yeah, man. And, and that's truly when you, when you talk about attributes of God or, or learning something, um, like how dare I go out there and, potentially have you know uh have to make decisions that significantly in- impact someone's life how dare i go out there without putting on the armor of god and, and getting in the word and and filling myself up on the spirit absolutely um and and that's something that um that i've learned of like i man, it'd be uh, it would feel like going out there with with an empty holster you know mm-hmm. like my my biggest tool my um, the biggest thing that I can depend on, um and, and and we'll get to get to this in a second. I like I believe that no one wants me to be a better police officer than God himself. Absolutely. Um, which is like such a tricky thing um to think about. Um, but uh if I truly believe that, then I believe that he has all the tools and all the knowledge and all the wisdom that's going to make me that best version that I can be. Um, and so to, to go out there and try to do it on my own, I'm doing myself a disservice. I'm doing the community a disservice. Mm. Um, it's just, it's, it's irresponsible. So, and I'm not saying I haven't done it because I mean, anybody listening, I, you want to sit there and judge me. I know you, you gotten up and you gone left the house without your quiet time, but, um, <laughs> uh, but that all that to say, like when I do, it just is that much of a reinforcement of like, wow, I can't do that again. Mm. Cause I wasn't, you know, maybe I didn't run into a stressful situation, but I wasn't as joyful as I am Mm. whenever I get in the word or I wasn't, um, as, as quick to talk, you know, about certain things with other people, you know, have intentional conversations and, and make conversations about others instead of me, Mm. um, that kind of thing. So feeling, feeling the weight and feeling the responsibility of, um, of preparing myself for, for battle in that, in that sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is such a good perspective As as we go in, as we've been doing this kind of mini series on, uh, working to the glory of God, you know, whether you're a professional minister or just a ministering professional, you know, that you represent Christ wherever you are, um, you're doing your work as under the Lord and to the best of your abilities and you honor him in everything that you do. And when you go into any job with that perspective, it's going to make a difference, But when you go into a job where you are exercising and distributing justice in so far as you're able, how much more so is that important? you know? And I think of uh, me being in the ministry, I feel the weight of Scripture saying, hey, those who are teachers are going to be held to a higher standard. If you're going to say that you represent God and that you uh, represent his word and that you distribute his word and and nourish his people— You're going to be held to a high standard for that. And I I think that God's attributes, as you talked about kind of in Isaiah there, is that perspective of, hey, if you're going to put on a uniform of some kind and you're going to go out and you're going to care for my creation, you know, in general, all people, man, you better do it right. Because I'm a God of justice and I can see everything and I know what's going on. So when you steep yourself in the word and when you honor him in what you do, God honors your job and honors what you do. I think that's a really wise perspective to have and an important one. Yeah.
1: And just, uh, I know that you're the, you're the pastor and I'm the, I'm the cop, but just like (laughs) as a note, something that I've been doing lately, um, like pray for an appetite for the word. When Mm -hmm. someone asks you how they can pray for you, pray for an appetite for the word, pray it for yourself. Um, because we don't have an appetite for the word all the time and we don't really care. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you pray for that, um one, you're like you'll wake up and you'll have an appetite for it and you'll go for it and you just you know sit and drink your coffee and read your Bible or whatever. Right. And if you don't, it'll feel like you left the house without eating. And you'll mm. be like, dang, I can't do that again. That was dumb. Yeah. So um just a practical side note, I, I know I'm not I trying that. to usurp the the pastor role, but no. Um but yeah, for real.
0: Dude, I I love that. And that's that's the other thing is that perspective of You know, are you a police officer? Yes. That doesn't disqualify that I need to be seeking justice as well in people's life. When I see something wrong or when I see something right, to to either say something about something wrong or to celebrate something right, to help people when I can and to make wise decisions, you know, there is an attribute that we all play in that. In the same way with, you know, is my job title pastor? Yes, but we're all children of God and we're all working. We're all in his kingdom. And he is our shepherd, you know, and and we live as unto him. And so, uh, and that's the important, that he calls us to individual ministries and ministry opportunities, Uh, no matter what our our occupation is, we're all ministers. If we're Christians, it's the occupation that changes Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, But I mean, you're absolutely right where we we just have to be focused on honoring God and all that we do. And when we are filled up and energized by the word, that makes all the difference in the world for whatever you're doing no matter what the, what the job title is. yeah, yeah. So as, as we kind of wrap up here, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you for, for taking the time to talk to us about this. And
1: Gosh, um, thanks for listening to
0: me. I, hey, I love listening to you. I'm just amazed I haven't, <laughs> we haven't cracked up laughing too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, what, as we leave, what would be, if every police officer in the country were listening, what would be the one thing that you would say to them right now?
1: Um, yeah, man, this is the one that I spent the most time thinking about when you, you send me kind of, you know, what to expect. Um, and I, I, I kind of, I go back to kind of my initial statement of, of, I really feel unqualified to, to give any sort of advice, Mm -hmm. um, to, uh, to anyone who's been a a cop longer than five minutes like I have. (laughs) Um, but i think the the one thing that i feel good about saying even you know even being as young as i am in the job um is being a really good cop and really loving jesus they can't be mutually exclusive there's just there's no way i think mm. it's hard i think it's hard to to do both um because being a really good cop requires making really tough decisions about people's lives mm. um and doing the hard thing and seeing really awful stuff and I think traditionally uh it's some things that people you know stuff that if you talk about at church, no one will sit by you right. you know that kind of thing mm. and so I think traditionally the view is kind of like okay well you can you can be like a bible believing sin hating you know, sing loud at the top of your lungs in service, Christian, or you can be a really good cop. And really more than saying it to advise other people, it's it's really kind of like an experiment that I'm in right now of, mm. hey, I, I've made a commitment to live a life dedicated to Jesus. And I'm also going to do this thing that's going to make that hard. Mm. Um, but I believe that um, if I live every day, you know, seeking the spirit uh, because of what I know about God, that he loves people and values justice um, and is not always the kind of lily white grandfather that we paint him to be in traditional society. Um, I, I think I used to, and, and I had this conversation with my dad, um, you know, years ago, whenever I was looking at getting into this, Mm -hmm. it seemed to me from the, from the onset, just because of the culture and because of the language and because of the way people talk about people, it seemed like following Jesus was going to be, um, a stone in my backpack, right. You know, Mm -hmm. something that slowed me down, something that, yeah, I can still do the job, but this is going to make it harder. Mm Um, and you know, he, he's saying like, so, so how do we how do we see being a Christian as a jetpack that just makes you makes you better at it than yeah. rather than slowing you down? Um, and I think that the answer is that just that it takes it takes discipline, it takes good community, um, it takes not not living in isolation and, and growing cynical. Mm. Um, everybody, uh, emotionally healthy cops will tell you, don't hang out with cops because it's just you'll have a, a really terrible worldview mm. so i think it's a lot of things um and also still you know you're not going to be uh you're gonna have a different worldview you're you're gonna be skeptical of a lot of things people say mm. in life group or whatever because you you know you deal with you Bad know stuff. this this stuff. Uh, this other part of the world that, that mm-hmm. they don't know about um but i i am a couple weeks into the experiment of can i be a really good cop the best cop i can be and also really love jesus and really follow what he says and i believe the answer is yes Absolutely. and if i may i again i don't know anything don't know anything right uh, hear me say it um i would encourage anyone w- struggling with that to to just to run to the father and say, you know, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't have to choose God. I I know that because what you say about people and you're bent towards justice, I know that I don't have to choose and it takes work and it takes discipline and it takes external support and asking for help. Um, but I know that it's, it's not an or.
0: Mm, absolutely. And that, that's, that's such a good perspective. And again, that is the, the, one of the greatest things about you being you know a rookie in the job is that you're walking in it with the perspective of, I am going to live out my career as a Christian police officer, not a police officer who is also a Christian, but as a Christian police officer. And we put our, 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 our title as a Christ follower first, and we put that mission first to impact his kingdom and to love his people and to love his creation. And, we, and then out of that, we do our job. And I think that that's yeah, an incredible man. perspective to have. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. I love you, brother. Thank you for what you do for keeping communities safe and for doing it to the glory of God, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for watching that. That was an awesome conversation that we got to have uh, with my best friend and officer Carter law, uh, such a joy to have him on the show. Thank you again for watching, liking, subscribing, sharing, uh, You're why we do this, and we appreciate you viewing it uh, and sharing it with your friends so we can continue to uh, engage uh, with people in the workforce and continue growing in our love for God and how we can all be ministering professionals, no matter where we're at, serving Christ in our jobs. Thanks so much. Have a great week.